conversation about real lives as real moms. No matter what happens, it's probably fine. Hi, and welcome back to the It's Probably Fine podcast. I'm Joy. And I'm Kayla. And today we're going to talk about toys. Yay! The the kid kind, not the grown up kind. Relax. But before we jump in, how are you? How have you been? We haven't like been in the same physical room for a long like time, like a month, right? Yeah, now or something. Because I of, miss you. I miss you too. Zoom's kind of, not the same. No, and I mean, we did our episodes with our husbands, which was fun and different. But like, I missed you. <laughs> They're not the best conversationalists. <laughs> they seemed a little nervous. I think. See, that's what the good thing about doing our first couple episodes, like right back to back was, was that we kind of got the jitters out. Because, you know, the first episode, we just like talked, introduced ourselves. So that's easy because you're basically an expert on yourself, you know, the same way everybody is. And then we were like, ready to go with the talking. I don't know. I guess it's kind of intimidating. Should we tell the world how that first episode went? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i did fine i don't know what you're talking about you were a professional would, you would were you a gosh like darn professional was? <laughs> i was great until the second we hit record like we were planning i had post-it notes like we were i, I was good i was it was serious business and the second we hit record i had a panic attack I think you like stood up and started fanning yourself. There was like sweating happening. There was definitely a restart of the record button several times. Several times. Which is funny because now you're the one that edits things. So you could have just like cut out whatever. I wasn't (laughs) that good then. I didn't know how to do all that. It was was very new. (laughs) I also remember like finding other things to do to postpone recording. And I was like, no, no, we yeah. should, we should do some more planning or we should, we should write some more notes or drink another glass of wine. <laughs> I'm not and I was like, let's, let me just give you this wine and then you can just, um, we'll sit here and just talk <laughs> and I'll happen to have the microphone on. <laughs> it's fine. It's a lot less scary now. Yeah. I, it's easier if you just don't think about it, I guess. That's true. We're just having a conversation. I don't think about who might be listening. Exactly. There you go. (laughs) I think it's a little dangerous sometimes, but you know, it's fine. (laughs) That's why we edit, right? Exactly. So how's everything else going? Uh, We're doing pretty well. Have I uh, shared with you our fish tank saga? I know you got a fish tank and some fish, three fish. Yeah, so M got a fish tank from Santa for Christmas and like all the goods that went with it. So it was like meant for like those glow fish, like the bright colorful ones, like fluorescent ones. Oh, like the ones the kids always stop and look at at Meyer. Yes. <laughs> um, so we got one. Uh, he named her Lola. She was bright pink. <laughs> she was super pretty. And then we started doing a little more research and found out that Lola's a tropical fish and needs to be warmer than our house is kept. <laughs> and Lola is that a thing? Yeah. Yeah. 
You can't like warm the water? You can if you have a heater. Like our house, especially in the winter, like we, you know, for energy cost purposes, we keep it colder. Yeah. And, um, and she was in his bedroom, which is the coldest room in the house, of course. So the water was too cold. So we had back to, I think we ended up going to a different pet store this time. That was a little bit closer. Um, what happened to Lola? Well, well, so we went back to get a heater for Lola. Uh but Lola is apparently also a community fish who gets stressed alone and needs friends. So we go by <laughs> two more Lolas. Like, sounds like Lola's family. Um, who we named, my husband named one Nemo. Not Nemo with an N. <laughs> Nemo with an M. And I named the third one Swim Shady. <laughs> <laughs> For my own amusement. So clever. Yes. Um, but apparently the heater did not work fast enough. <laughs> and by the next morning, they were all three dead. So that was traumatic. I'm sorry. It seems like every parent has that fish story. We have never bought a fish for that exact reason. That I know I would kill them within 24 hours. Yeah. And of course we did all this like on a Sunday afternoon. So he wakes up before school on a Monday morning. He's like completely traumatized. And um, his teacher was telling me that they had a, their community circle that morning with like, you know, what's something you did over the weekend. And he had this big <laughs> dramatic story about how I got a fish and then we got a heater and I got two more and we'd hear all their names. And then I woke up this morning and they were dead. <laughs> like oh I'm so sorry buddy so we waited a couple weeks we went back to a different aquarium shop and we're like listen like we did the test strips like here's what our water is doing it's cooler than we you know thought it was going to be but we do have a heater now we've got a filter we've got all the things like what what can we not kill (laughs) and she was like how about a betta fish they're pretty hardy okay so like you can get the boys yeah so you can get females that like don't live with anything or you can get the males that mostly live alone well he chose the male because it's prettier and more colorful well you know and um she did tell us that we could get an aquatic dwarf frog that they would (laughs) not be aggressive toward each other and um a snail that would help clean the tank but she's like (laughs) i suggest just start with the fish. See if you can keep him alive before you go adding anything else. And we're like, good plan. So the fish survived a couple weeks. And uh, for Valentine's Day, we gave him the option. Do you want to go back and add the other creatures to your tank or like a bucket of treats? And he was like, I want the frog and the snail. So we went and we added them. Everybody was doing okay. Water started looking a little murky. Okay, let's take a a water sample back and get it tested. They're like, your ammonia is really high. You might be like overfeeding them and you've added new things. So you need a water change. So we changed the water and then we realized that the filter looked really nasty too. So we also changed and put a clean filter in. What we didn't know is that there's a way you can adjust the flow of the filter. And apparently it was cranked all the way up high. But because it was so like cruddy inside, the flow wasn't as high as it could have been. 
So we put the new filter in and it's like. <laughs> <laughs> so that night I can't find the frog. Oh no. <gasps> and he had gone to hide under the filter and his back legs got sucked into the filter. Oh, and gosh. I like pulled him out him. and it was too late. You're not a very good fish frog mommy. No. And I was traumatized. Like, I'm like, we were trying so hard. We've been to the aquarium shop so many times. Oh my gosh. I bet you're not the only parent that has that story. Yeah. That's so why far, we though, have our, our two dogs that we had from before we had babies. And they're very insistent on what they need when they need it. So I don't have to worry about forgetting to feed them because that especially the lab you know how they get they will let you, you know just follow me around and let yes. me know as of right now the fish and the snail are still doing okay oh my God. and of course m's <laughs> m's way of dealing with it besides like being i'm really sad about it was like in a couple weeks can we go buy two frogs that way in case one of them dies i still have one left <laughs> we have an extra one just bare frog hanging around. <laughs> right. I'm like, we can't you know handle what's gonna happen. any new creatures right now. Like, we're just going to no. have to let the snail and the fish last for a little while. When it gets warm, you're going to end up going in there one night and there's going to be some extra creatures because he's going to go digging for some frogs or something and just drop them in from Probably. outside. So when he first um, got the tank, he just kept being like, when are we, when are we going to go get a fish? And we're like, oh, like, we'll go to the pet shop sometime and like, let you pick one out. And he's like, no, no. I mean, like, when are we going to get my fishing pole and go to a, a creek or a pond oh, or a lake? Oh, you're going to catch one. Catch a fish to put in my tank. <laughs> no, that's not how that works. <laughs> Good thinking, but no. <laughs> anyway, so the whole adventure has been traumatizing and, well, expensive, really. Yeah, so you thought you were getting out of... Uh valentine's mess by getting your kid creatures instead of candy this year and that didn't that kind of backfired eh it for sure did i mean we don't have a bucket of candy sitting around but i did have to deal with dead frog trauma yeah i don't i don't know which one i would rather deal with to be honest because we have the candy sitting around and i had to put it up in the cabinet over the refrigerator not so the kids wouldn't eat it, but so that I wouldn't eat it every time I walked past it. So, yeah. My husband's always like, what happened to those greasy, greasy things? I'm like, they're way up there. You have to use a stool. I feel like we accumulate candy from like Halloween, Christmas, Valentine's Day, Easter. And then sometime in the spring after that, I'm like, somebody just take this. Like, I don't yeah. care who, I don't care why, take it to work, do something with it, share it with the world. I can't handle anymore. I send it to work with my husband and like I tell him, just put it in a, in a bowl in the, uh, they have like a break room with a, you know, whole kitchen. Right. People will eat it. Even the gross stuff, people will eat it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like sour Skittles and stuff like that. All right. Well, pause. sounds like you guys. Quick question. What color starburst do you like the best? Pink. Right. Pinks and reds. That's that's yeah. a normal answer. That's when yeah. you're winning. Okay. Well, shout out to my co-teacher at work. Yellow and orange are gross. Right? Wait, somebody likes yellow and orange? 
yeah, she eats those last. She thinks they're the best. Andy discussion made me think of that. I told her she's a crazy person. And then we were talking about how how they make the fave reds, like the whole bag of reds and pinks. Yeah, because everybody likes the reds and pink. Yeah. So, all right. Glad to know that she's the crazy person and not me. (laughs) We should do a poll. We can, we'll put a poll on Facebook. What's the best Starburst color? There you go. You'll have to do it because I don't know how to put a poll on Facebook, but I'll figure it out. I think it's an option. Did you see that my kid is bilingual? I did. Chipotle. (laughs) (laughs) He speaks, is that French? Is that what we decided? Yeah. It means chair. Every time Uh, that popped up that day in my news feed, I would just crack up all over again. (laughs) My kid wants to be bilingual. So she's always asking me to teach her Spanish. And so (laughs) the only phrase I taught her was, Hey, homo, mama. <laughs> so she just goes around telling me how much she loves me all the time. It's great. <laughs> I'm sure she does. <clears throat> yeah. Um, we've just been playing in the snow for the last however many days that my kids haven't had school because they keep waking up to canceled school. Today's the first day that they've been there. And it feels like 16 years. But, you know, that's a little exaggeration. It's been a it's been a weird week to say the least, but they um, we still live at my mom and dad's house because there aren't houses for sale. Hopefully that will change soon. Um, but we are living in a small space, about I think twelve hundred square feet or something. So it doesn't seem that small, but there's five of us and two dogs all living in that space with no bedroom like we have a bedroom but the kids don't so the walls there aren't walls it's a it's a thing so I just keep making them go outside and the other day it was negative too <laughs> and I was like guys just don't you want to go build a snow fort with daddy <laughs> my husband was home and I just sent them all outside and they were out there for probably two hours to the point where I was like ah maybe I should worry about frostbite like it was yeah. that cold for that long but no one got frostbite. There was a little bit of wind burn, I think, from the sledding. And they built a huge snow fort that didn't collapse because daddy was in charge of putting it together instead of letting the seven and five-year-old go out there and figure it out. So we, uh, yeah, our most of our adventures have been our typical adventures, but with snow and far below freezing temperatures to make it more interesting. The baby's not a huge fan. He does all right fair, in a bundle. I'm not a huge fan. <laughs> I can make it outside for a little while. And then I'm like, yeah, that was fun. Let's go in. Yeah, I'm kind of over He it. likes I'm it if now. he's in the, like, we have a Deuter backpack kid carrier, you know, like high end, whatever. Anyway, point is that it has a rain cover on it. So we'll put that on it and then it blocks the wind. And he can see because he's behind me, but up higher. And so he likes that. But then as soon as I stop walking, he's like, wait, what? There's no food and I'm cold. This is stupid. And just starts screaming. So, <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah, he's, you know, being a little high maintenance, but I guess what 10 month old isn't right. Yeah. Yeah. We had some good sledding in. It was, it was pretty fun. Although I was kind of afraid I was going to flip over. Like the first day we went <laughs> down a little hill because roads were terrible and we didn't want to go very far. The second day we ventured a little further to a bigger hill and people had been on it the day before. So it was nice and packed down and real slick. So I kept having to do this weird thing where I would like stick one leg out to like balance myself. Cause it was like one of the disc 
you know, the yeah. round plastic ones. And apparently used muscles that I haven't used <laughs> in a long time. And still I'm a little sore from uh, from whatever I did, whatever situation happened. So sledding isn't like, <laughs> it was still fun. But I'm like, Workout. you shouldn't be sore a few days later. And running back up the hill with the sled, I mean, yes. that's, I definitely was like breathing heavy, like, oh, this is how people like go out in the cold and then have heart attacks while they're running or whatever. Like, <laughs> I was just like, this is how feels not safe because <laughs> you know, your lungs are burning because it's mm-hmm. cold and, oh, but I couldn't get so traction weird. at one point. I got halfway back up the hill and then just was like, um, <laughs> <laughs> I- I'm kind of stuck here. I can't go any further. We took some friends of ours with us to a sledding hill and one of the little boys doesn't have snow boots. Um, so he was using like thick socks and rain boots. And that poor kid, everyone, all the other kids had snow boots and he couldn't get himself up the hill oh, no. to save his life. Oh, it was funny though. Cause you know, it's just funny when kids are like, he's four and a half. So yeah, he was just doing his best, but yeah. So I guess that, uh, you know, talking about toys today, sleds are one of those toys that I feel like personally, it's totally worth spending the five bucks and storing it. Storing it is like half the trouble, but you know, with toys. Um, but to have those around, even if it's just for that one or two weeks that you get a really good snow, because you know, we're in the Midwest, so it's hit or miss on if you get really good snow each winter or not. But um, I don't know. Like I am, I am pro sled on the, on the list of toys that's high up there on the priorities for me. So for sure. M got his, I, I want to say his first sled. Cause we haven't really had many good snows the last few years, mm-hmm. like maybe one good one a year. And then it's melted so quickly. We didn't even really get to enjoy it. Um, but he's been talking about it for like the last year. So that was um, one of his Christmas presents and yeah, totally worth the five dollars we've gotten gotten our use out of it this year um so yeah let's talk about toys kids love them moms hate them (laughs) (laughs) sometimes (laughs) all right so what's wrong with toys (laughs) can i say like nothing and everything all at once absolutely you can (laughs) that's how i feel anyway I mean, I, I, I know they'll grow out of wanting to have toys, but it just seems like the ages that our kids are like, not, Oh, obviously he doesn't care, but the, the five, six, seven, even like into 10, I think maybe will be prime time for not just little trinkets that you can get rid of, but like you know, toys that require a little bit more of an investment, like these superhero toys that, that Elle is into right now are, you know, like 10 bucks a pop. Well, if you want the whole set, like that's a thing. So right. it gives me something to tell grandparents that he wants for his birthday, but then I have to store it and it it's a cost still, you know? So I don't know. And they don't lay flat or stack easily. Like No, no, no. And they have pokey hands that stick up like the Barbies used to mm-hmm. and you step on them and it hurts. <laughs> Just all the things. Yeah. They're, and they're everywhere. 
like I feel like no matter how many storage tubs or drawers or containers or like how big or small the bedroom, they always end up out in the middle of the living room and like pouring over into other spaces. And my husband tries to remind me that like one day he'll want to spend all his time in his bedroom and you'll wish he would come out in the living room. So like, don't be upset that he's wants to be around us and wants to be out in the living room and playing with his toys out here instead of in his room. So I'm, I'm trying to go about it that way. (laughs) Appreciate (laughs) the fact that he's near us and wants to play where we are. Yeah, that's a good point, but it's still like a lot. It's a little overwhelming because so we don't have, um, we've, since the kids before they were born, we don't have TV or I guess we have TV, like we have an antenna, but like we don't watch TV because we have Netflix and Hulu and all that stuff. So there's no commercials and my parents have cable. And so the kids for the very first time have been watching like Nick Jr. or whatever it is that they watch and commercials, there's commercials. Mm -hmm. And I didn't ever realize how obnoxious those commercials are because now they keep asking me for toys that number one, I've never heard of. And number two, I am not buying you this new kind of glow in the dark slime because I know how nasty that stuff is and gets everywhere and you'll just make a mess or put it in your pocket and it'll go in the washing machine. Uh And like, it's just, but I, I don't mind telling them no. I just hate having to tell them no all the time because they want it. They see all these commercials and they're like, Oh, I want to play with that. I want to play with that. When they really want is to like, if you could just go to the store and play with it for 30 minutes and then put it back, they'd be done with it. Right. Maybe that's just my kids, but they tire of things quickly. We've kind of seen a a similar thing with M. um, Now that he's been exposed to e-learning and a tablet this year, like those were things that were never even in his realm before the last few months. And so um, he's like seeing YouTube videos that start off with like something educational but then like a commercial pops up or it takes you to a different video that is, you know, a kid opening a package or playing with their toy. Like why kids like watching videos of other kids (laughs) playing with toys more than they like playing with toys. First of all, I don't understand that, (laughs) but that's a thing for kids right now. Um, Yeah. They're making like millions of dollars off of those videos, which is crazy. Yeah. When it comes down to it, they, if you give them an actual choice, like let them loose in the house, the toys aren't the actual things that they want to play with. Like Elle took a box again and cut it up and made a transformer, like himself, a transformer costume out of this box. And he's been playing with it. And then he has another box that apparently his pretend puppy lives in that I don't, I've never seen this pretend puppy. It's imaginary, I guess. Um, And so he carries that around with him. Or they want to play with, like, I don't know, anything except actual toys. Like, they want to stack buckets or they want to, I don't know. They don't want to play with toys. They don't actually like them. (laughs) They just think that they do. Yeah, they're, they're, it's the novelty of them. It's like, oh, that looks really cool. And then they have them for two minutes and they're like, throw them down and move on to the buckets and the boxes. (laughs) Yeah. I've also found that, like, a lot of times... Like, I know your kiddos had a kitchen set, but I found Mm -hmm. that, like, sometimes kids would rather actually have, like, real kitchen utensils or come in the kitchen and, like, help me cook and use the real 
pots and pans and the real spoons. Like I've had people ask me because I've mentioned that M enjoys cooking with me. And so they've asked about getting him like his own, like cooking utensils, pots and pans, like that kind of stuff. So he can cook along with me. And I'm like, no, he will never use them. Like he wants to use the actual pots and pans and cook actual meals with me and use the real mixer. And like, so as much as that stuff like seems cool, they really would rather just feel like big kids and use the real things or even with tools, like the plastic tools, like that's fine when they're little, little, like, and they can pretend, but like, he's like, no, I want wood and nails and Mm -hmm. hammers. I want to build some stuff. Even if it's just randomly nailing some boards together, some scrap wood, like in his mind, he's building a tree house. Yeah. So, well, even when they are little, like, even oh I have a so we have a fire stick and our old one stopped working I don't know if like I I don't know what I did to it it doesn't work so we have the fire stick remote and then we have we got a new one and so I just took the batteries out of the old one because this kid I mean I'm sure it's because he sees us use it and he sees the kids use it and he's like I want to touch that too because everybody else is touching it so he's obsessed with remote controls but we have a baby remote control that's bright colors and and like the primary colors and it has songs that it plays when you click it. He has he wants nothing to do with it. Absolutely nothing. He will only play with the real remote that I took the batteries out of because he kept changing the channel and like doing things on Amazon. So I was like, oh, we're gonna end up buying things. This is fun. Let's not. <laughs> um, when he would, you know, would get a hold of the real one. So it's like even at that age, he just has no interest in the actual toys, except for balls. He loves balls. I don't know. Maybe it, I'm, I think cause he can hold them. Like we get smaller ones. So he's, he does like that. Um, but I saw a video the other day, um, of this mom who was like, you're asking me, you know, the, the text of her video is like, you're asking me why I'm telling you not to buy my kid toys. Let me show you. And she goes through probably 10 different slides where the baby's sitting in the high chair facing the camera. She comes up behind the baby and she'll set down like a bottle of lotion and some light up kid something toy. And the baby goes for the bottle of lotion. And then she'll bring in, you know, the real remote and the fake remote. And the baby goes for the real remote. And then she'll bring in every single thing that she brought in was a toy version of something. And he always went for the real one. And I was just like, that's exactly true. That's exactly what happens. If like, he doesn't care. He wants to do what other people are doing because that's how they learn is mimicking things. So if we didn't have any toys at all, he would just play with the things that like are on the floor or sit in the box that the kids are playing with anyway. And he just watches them or they push him around in the box, which that may or may not be safe, but you know, whatever, (laughs) it's probably fine. Um, But it's that kind of stuff that you're just like, why do we have all this stuff that makes noise and it, takes batteries and is expensive when you don't even like it like and don't get me wrong like I like some good baby gear but I like like the high chair that we have that hooks onto the table and things like that the toys I haven't found a toy that I was like you should definitely get your kid this toy unless you count certain teething toys because like Sophie the giraffe definitely get that one mm-hmm. yeah, but I don't I know if she counts too. yeah I don't think she really counts maybe not in the kinds of toys that really no. annoy us, I think. He's more like a tool. Yeah. You know, like a baby care tool. I don't know. 
but that even the baby doesn't care for toys the way that you would think that they do. So it's just hard because then you just feel like you don't want to get rid of stuff, but you're wasting things. But then you're also wondering, like, they sell all these toys from the to the parents from the standpoint of this will help your child learn how to blah, 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 or this will help develop their sense of this such and such thing. So, I mean, you obviously have experience with this as a teacher from your standpoint, do you like, how how do you see toys from a teacher perspective? Like how do they help kids or hurt kids with their development? I don't know. I'm sure there's good and bad, but how do you see that? Yeah, I think that, I mean, toys can be great, um, especially like in the classroom with social skills and like sharing and turn taking and creativity and those sort of things. I see some really amazing stuff. Um, but I think you have to be selective of the toys that you offer. Um, so offering less toys and like we've said, you know, giving kids real things like real pots and pans, real remotes, even if they have no batteries in them, um, having less toys and less things to choose from actually creates more creativity and um, keeps their attention spans longer. Um, Because if you give a kid, like you were saying that like sings and lights up and, you know, does all that kind of stuff, they'll push all the buttons, listen to all the songs, watch all the lights for two minutes, and then they're done. Um, I recently read something that was saying you want to You don't want kids thinking, what can this toy do? Um, But rather, what can I do with this toy? That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. That's a good like filter. Yeah. So like if they're thinking, what can this toy do? The toy is doing the entertaining, right? Like the toy is doing all the work. It's doing the flashing, the lighting up. It's, It's performing its function. And the child has become passive. They're no longer engaging and being creative with the toy. It's the toy that's doing the entertaining. Um, But if you have a toy that the child says, like, what can I do with this toy? They're actively engaged in the playing. They're creating the ideas. They're creating the scenario. They're creating the use for the toy. Um, So really the, the toys that have multiple uses, like that your kids can do a lot of different things with, are the ones that you get more bang for your buck. Like the one that has one specific purpose to light up and sing songs and flash colors and whatever, that's it. It does that one thing and then it's done. But um, if you give kids blocks or magnets or Lincoln logs or any of those type of um, more manipulative type toys, you know, you can watch a kid build something and then tear it apart and build something new and tear it apart. And like, and they can keep that attention on that activity and, and make so many different things because it's an open-ended toy with multiple options. It's not, Oh, I pushed the buttons and it lit up and it's saying to me, and now I'm done. Um, so I, I, I don't dislike toys for the sake of disliking toys. I dislike the fact that like you were talking about specifically the marketing behind um, the toys, like, oh, your kid has to have this. You know, they're they're not going to 
meet their milestones. They're not going to learn. They're not going to whatever, like whatever it is that we are perceiving our kids need to get to or be at to do parenting right. Like the commercials (laughs) sell us and the kids on. If you want your child to, if you want to be a good parent, if you want your kid to succeed, if you, to the kids, you know, if you want to have this cool thing, if you want to be this, if you want to be like your friends, if you want to be whatever, you have to have this product. And like, no, you don't (laughs) because kids will be more curious and more creative without someone telling them how to play a specific way with a specific toy. Um, and so we tend to do discovery stations. It's weird and COVID-y this year, so we don't get to do as much fun stuff. Um, but that's one of my favorite parts of the school day. And I've protected that part of my day as much as possible over the years because unfortunately in public schools, like there's less and less time for that open-ended creative play. Um, but that's something I still tried to hold on to pretty fiercely because that's when kids get to be kids. They get to be creative. They get to build things. They get to try things. They get to interact with their friends. They get to, uh, they have to share, you know, because all the, the magnets or blocks or whatever are in a bucket and your table gets a bucket and you can build whatever you want. But if you take all the pieces and your friend has none, okay, well, now we have to discuss that and figure out how we're going to solve that problem. Because is it really fair that you have this awesome, amazing tower made of 74 blocks and your friend has (laughs) two, right? So, so I think those kinds of things that go along with, with those types of more manipulatives than toys um, are really beneficial and educational, but toys for the sake of having toys is not And so um, what I think a lot of kids run into now is that they have too many toys. And so Mm -hmm. they become overwhelmed. And what typically happens is then they don't play with anything because they don't know what to play with. They don't know where to start. And so then you get that I'm bored. There's nothing to do when they have an entire room full of toys. Yeah. And I've also heard too that when kids are constantly surrounded by so many toys, they become part of the background. Mm -hmm. So like they don't even notice them till you go to try and get rid of them or donate them or give them away. away. (laughs) But you know, it's just kind of like, I mean, we do the same thing too. If you, if something is, is part of, if it's just sitting there day after day, it just becomes part of the background you forget it. You don't Mm -hmm. acknowledge it anymore. You don't deal with it. You don't spend time worrying about it because it's just, you know, that, that basket of laundry that's been sitting in my bedroom for a week. (laughs) Right. Like at this point, I just step over it every morning on the way to my closet. (laughs) Hey, we already decided on this podcast. That's perfectly acceptable. So it is laundry's fine. (laughs) Right. But you know, that's kind of what our kids do. Like they walk past the same shelf full of toys every day and then they're like, well, I'm bored. They like they don't even see it after a while because it's just part of the the backdrop of their day. Um, yeah, I've even noticed that with when they were babies, and even with oh now as a baby, like I knew now, but like I used to just 
when I needed a second, you know, to cook dinner or whatever, put them in the playpen and then dump a whole bunch of toys in there, you know, and thinking, oh, well, they'll just go from one thing to another. And I, I see that logic in my head. Like I see what I thought I was doing, but now I put him in the playpen and I give him three balls in a basket, or I give him one book, like one of those hard baby books or whatever. And he will sit there and just babble and play with these balls that have like little, they're like bath toys really is what they are. Cause he's got little penguins and stuff inside them. He can shake it, but um, it's, it's so he'll sit there, he'll sit there for 20 minutes and play. And it's, which for, you know, a 10 month old, that's great. Um, and he'll play completely independently. And it's the same thing, you know, just on a bigger scale for the other two where we, um, so like I said, we're still living with my mom and dad. So that means that most of our toys are in storage. And that's actually been really great because number one, they're much more appreciative of what we have here. And number two, I was able to be super intentional about the toys that we brought with us. And so we have these, I don't know, they're like mini totes that I got at Target that stack up nicely. And there's some taller ones and some like half of those size ones. And so there are um, like Polly Pocket and like things that like little tiny creative dollhouse things in one. And then there's like the Nerf guns in one and there's Transformers in one and there's um Legos in one and so sometimes certain ones are allowed to come out when the baby's awake and certain ones have to wait for nap time um just obviously for the small versus big toys but it's been nice because they it's not all the toys out at once like it was when it it was in their room they have to have me get the boxes down because they're all stacked on top of each other and so I can I don't know like not I let them play with the, with the toys when they want to ask to play with the toys like I'm not like controlling that but I do have control over how much stuff comes out and then they have to put everything back in that box that they're like they're done with that set of things and then they put it away and so they don't get that feeling of like oh I don't know what to play with because everything's just sitting out and I played with everything and like my kids are the kids that pull the bu- buckets out and dump them on the floor and then everything gets all mixed up so when they do want to go play like with the Batman toy, they can't find the one thing that fits in the Batman toy because it's somewhere in the mess. So it's that same concept of the baby, but just on a larger scale for them. So it's been interesting to see their attitudes towards their toys now and towards taking care of their things now that we have fewer things here and they are more intentional when they want to play with something because they have to like look at those boxes and think, what do I want to play? They don't just go from thing to thing to thing and just make a huge mess the whole time. So it's been kind of nice. (laughs) (laughs) And they haven't asked me for a single thing that's in storage. So I don't know what that says about what's in storage, but you know, might be some things to, things to think about here in a little while. (laughs) That might disappear. Oh, I don't know. I haven't seen that. that. Mm -mm, No. Nope. Yeah, I, I think them being appreciative is one of the things that really like, I don't know, it, that's one of the things that irks me about the toys is because the whole like you have a room full of toys that you have accumulated and you're telling me you're bored or you don't know what to play with or you don't like you need me to, to play with you and entertain you every second. Um, and M's always been a, a rough like he just plays rough. 
And so he plays rough with his toys. And he, like, I think he just wants to understand how everything works. But like, he's the kid that like takes the doors off all the cars and monster trucks. He takes off the rubber off the tires, like just disassembles every single toy to, and then can't mm-hmm. get it put back together. So not so like, it wouldn't bug me so much if he disassembled it to learn about it and understand it and then reassembled it. But he like disassembles it and then is like, oh, I don't know how, like it won't work anymore. And so that frustrates me. Like if you're going to have something, care for it. Like someone spent yeah. money on that. Someone got that for you. It, we And so he's like, oh, it's okay. Like we can just throw it away or we can just buy a new one or like, mm. <laughs> If you yeah. don't appreciate the fact that someone spent their money on you to buy you that, and that you think because you just decided to take it apart one day, now we throw it away and you can just go buy a new one or play with a different one. And like that one is dispensable. That attitude really irritates me and makes me want to like get rid of all the toys. Like, no, you don't yeah. need presents and toys if if that's how you're gonna see it like and I don't think he does it to be like rude and disrespectful I think in his mind like that's just what you do right like if you there's plenty more at the store we could just go get a new one like no just because it's there doesn't mean I'm gonna run out and spend my money to buy you another one because you broke this one so yeah that's so hard I don't know we've we've talked about like trying to teach the kids to be, you know, good stewards of the things that they've been blessed with. But it, it is hard because it's exactly that. It's like, but I know that there's more and they don't understand the concept. They get that we have jobs and we make money and that things cost money, but like they have no concept of like a vacation at Disney World versus a vacation at the Indiana Dunes, you know, like cost-wise. They don't, they don't get that. They don't get the difference between, um, eating at Chick-fil-A and having that little toy that you get in the happy or whatever those are called kids meals versus the $50 Batmobile you got for your birthday. So I, I get that struggle from their perspective, but at the same time, I totally agree with you in that. Like, you just want to be like, man, like, no, you can't, you can't just replace things all the time. Like, I know it seems like you can, but you can't. And then I end up carrying that like, I don't know. I, I'm so conflicted about getting rid of the toys. I wish that they would just not come in the house in the first place. Let me just preface this with that. All of my problems would be solved <laughs> if everyone just stopped buying them toys because we do not buy them that many toys. We do at Christmas time, but we are very selective in the things we buy them. Like usually we get them things like bubbles and chalk and bikes and books and stuff like that. We don't buy them plastic cheap things that just sit and so with all of our stuff being in storage you know obviously I'm going to go through the stuff when it comes out because it's been very clear that they don't need it's been packed up since before Thanksgiving like they don't need these toys that they have not asked me about and that they do not miss and so yeah there may be a couple things I'll pull out just because oh we'll grow into them and he'll want them but my thing then is dealing with the the like guilt of giving things away or, you know, recycling or throwing things away, getting rid of it somehow, because 
I feel like it's so wasteful and like someone typically someone did give that to us or gave us like sent us money to buy something for the kids or something like that. And so my husband teases me that we have so many things and he calls me sentimental, but I'm not really sentimental. It's just the same as like, I I hung on to like these bookshelves that I don't think that we're going to need, but I hung on to them because I don't know what space that we're going to have. And I don't want to have to like rebuy things. And also, yes, they were given to me for free from a family member, but it still feels wasteful to just get rid of them, you know? And so I, I know this is like another mom guilt thing and I probably shouldn't, this is probably like really low on the things I should feel guilty about, but getting rid of their toys, even if it's donating and going to somebody else who needs it or anything like that, it just, it feels like it feels wasteful to me. And I think it just feels wasteful because then I go back to like, I wish that somebody had never spent their money on it and I feel bad they spent their money. And then I feel bad that like we have this whole production cycle in in the world and we're wasting all these materials. And then like, it just, it kind of expands. I just go down a little, you know, little hole there, but, but it, and so then I hang on to it because I feel bad and that's silly. That's just, it's, I don't know. I don't have an emotional connection to the thing. I have an emotional connection to the waste that the thing represents. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think we have prioritized, well, there's a lot of things we've prioritized wrong. Um, But, you know, I think the whole, like the marketing thing that we've talked about earlier and the consumerism, I think, behind the need to have the toys is what really gets me. Like that toy didn't need to exist in the first place. with all its flashy lights and its plastic parts. And now someone has spent their hard-earned money to purchase this be- for our children because they think they'll enjoy it. And then the kids enjoy it for all of three minutes and then it just sits and it clutters of the house. And then, like you said, even if you donate it, it's eventually going to get thrown away. So like we have just wasted time and resources and money to create something that's just going to eventually sit in a landfill and clutter up the world even more. So it's like this, (laughs) there's this bigger (laughs) like philosophical situation that I feel like I, I get into besides just like the physical toy itself. Yeah. I totally get the appeal of minimalism from that perspective. Like, you know, this whole wave of minimalists and people living in tiny homes and things. It's very appealing from that, from that perspective. But I was also like, can I have this space of the house, but not with all the stuff? Yeah. But I was also raised, I spent a lot of time with my grandmother when I was little and she came from a time and a place where like you, you didn't have much and what you did have, you hung on to because you never know when you're going to need it. And so like, that's, I I have the hardest time getting rid of things because what if, as soon as I get rid of that thing, I need it for something. And so even like with the toys, I'm like, he hasn't played with it in forever, but it just, I just hate being wasteful and like, yeah, I don't, I, I have a big issue with it. Um, And they don't understand that. They're not going at it from that perspective, of course. They just see something that looks fun and they want to try it. And Yeah, I totally get that. 
the thing that makes me feel a little bit better about getting rid of the toys though is I we I found a local organization um that it's literally like a shed in this woman's backyard but she has all these um these organizations that rely on her to have the gently used toys because a lot of places if you want to donate toys they have to be new mm-hmm. like toys for tots and stuff well she takes gently used and so you know I'm not sending like broken toys or anything like that and I clean everything before I take it but it's then the boy scouts and girl scouts group troops go in there and they organize everything and they package them for groups that need them or families that need them and so I feel like the things that maybe we were given Christmas that the kids played with for two weeks and then didn't you know like they didn't they're basically new like they were not played with and so I don't feel like I have to just get rid of those unintentionally I can take them to a a organization like that where someone's going to get a basically brand new toy and that makes me feel a little bit better but the ones that they're like missing one or two pieces and I'm like, do I really want to just like go to the Salvation Army or Goodwill and like drop this in the big cardboard bin? Like, no, I don't want to do that. It feels terrible. Icky. It just feels really <laughs> icky. Yeah. So I, uh, I would love to say I'm a minimalist. I would love to like, I would love to be that person. I'm just not. I, I just, I've been at your house. You're not a minimalist. I am not. I'm a, I'm a hang on to it because you never know when you might need that. Yeah. Like I am a, yeah, I'm a plan for the future and worry about what could go wrong. <laughs> so where are you going to put it all? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know a mom that doesn't have trouble keeping her kids stuff organized, no matter how big or small the space is. Like we don't have the biggest house and M doesn't have the biggest room, but but I know other people that have much larger houses than us that still complain about their kids having too many toys and not enough storage space. So it seems to be an everlasting problem, regardless of how much space you're working with. That's true. Unless you're, uh, if you watch on Netflix, those home edit moms with the rainbow organization system, that thing is legit. They have, those are the only moms I've ever seen that I was like, Oh, they have their toys and they're in order. And I think they're in order all the time. Like sometimes you see, shows but you're like you know they clean their house for this no Mm -hmm. this is like their actual profession so I think they have it like that all the time and E is obsessed with that show because she's obsessed with rainbows and so she's she's all about it so we've watched the entire series and it's I I would say now I feel really bad that my toys aren't organized but they spend a lot of money organizing them so I don't feel that bad. Yeah, I haven't watched that show. Yeah, you should watch it because it it they do have some good tips, but I think they might have a partnership with the container store because they have a line there. And so when they go to organize somebody else's house, they roll up with this like minivan full of product, they call it. And I looked up how much those things cost on the website. Yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Oh, it just goes back to like more marketing and selling and consumerism and aha, now it's for the moms <laughs> to organize all the toys that you don't need in the first place. <sighs> Is it Dave Ramsey that says you're spending money you don't have to buy things you don't want to impress people you don't even like? Is that yes, Dave Ramsey? something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel that I think way. That was him. 
Yes. Although every time I see one of his ads, it's like, here, take our, like pay for this for this course or this service to help you manage your money. And I'm like, you're telling people to spend money after you're telling them not to spend money. It's mm-hmm. fine. It's totally fine. The only thing right. is, I think I have some friends that did Dave, the Dave Ramsey thing and they actually, we haven't done it. So I can't speak to its legitimacy, but everyone I know who has done it has like really liked it. So yeah, that's not what mm-hmm. this podcast is about. Nope. <laughs> you talk about money a different day. <laughs> yes. Cause that definitely plays into this whole parenting thing too. Yeah, you spend, the money goes with the toys. It's fine. All right, so Except let's assume that I'm not going to go out and spend money, <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> amounts of money on containers from the container store and product from your rainbow show or whatever it is <laughs> to organize my kids' <laughs> rainbow show. I don't the know. Home what edit is what it's called. Yeah, that's what you said. That's exactly but what you I can said. Call it, you can call it the rainbow show. All that's right. fine. So if I'm not buying container store products, for, for, now, don't get me wrong. It's a wonderful store. I've been in there a few times and bought a couple things. But how, how are we going to get this toy situation under control besides just like throwing them all out? Um. Well, I think that if we had an, an actual answer to that, then we would probably be making money off of that answer somehow. Oh. But yeah, so there's that. But the last couple months, living with my parents has taught me I think a technique that I could handle because it it becomes kind of overwhelming when you like walk into the kids room or if you you know have a playroom or however you organize your toys and you like look around and you're like oh I'm for sure gonna get rid of things or like right now there's a lint challenge that people do where they get rid of like 40 trash bags full of stuff like a trash bag a day and not just toys but like you know household stuff But living here and having to put all of our things in storage, not all, but a significant portion of our things in storage has actually been nice because I haven't, it's not like I just one day went in and was like, I think I, I need to get rid of some things and had to sit down and look at the things that, like you said, have been just kind of sitting in the background for so long. And now I have to actually pick them up and do the, like, does this bring me joy? You know, (laughs) that whole thing. Um, instead what I got to do was go through the house and say, almost like packing for a trip, like a long-term trip, like this, we use every day, this, we use every day, this, we use every day and bring it with us. And then without really needing to make any like permanent decisions, I got to put everything else in storage. And I think that that's going to actually be great in the long run, because now I have the distance from things and I can take a chance to just use some of that perspective when I go back and say, you know, we, we lived without this for six months. Like, let's just get rid of it. Like I don't, no one has asked about it. No one has known that it was missing aside from things like Christmas decorations and stuff like that. You know, obviously we're going to hang on to things like that, but I think that there's a lot of things that I would have been afraid to get rid of, not just because of the guilt that we talked about earlier, but because I, I legitimately was like, I might need to use this. And now I'm realizing we don't use as many things as I thought we did. And so I think that that for somebody like me who gets overwhelmed when you see all the stuff or feels guilty trying to get rid of things, I think that having that ability to put things in storage, or even if you just like decided one room at a time, 
you were going to say, okay, I'm going to box up, you know, I'm going to pull out the things that we use every day, box all the rest up and wait a month, you know, and have it in a closet or in the corner or put it in somebody else's room or something like give it, get it out of the space. And then a month later, open those boxes and be like, oh, no, I never needed this in the first place. And I haven't needed it for a month. And I think that for somebody like me, like I said, some people can just go in and get rid of their stuff. I can't do that. But having this space from our things will help me, especially with the toys, because I don't feel the, you know, urge to pick up toys and play with them. Like the kids, if they were to look at the toys after six months, I'd be like, this is new. It's great. You know, and I can now kind of separate that. So I think that that's going to be, that's going to be my go-to technique right now when I have to do like a massive purge of things, especially toys. When it gives you that distance without the like finality of it, like you're not getting rid of it right (laughs) now. So like, that's what I like, Oh my gosh, what if, what if we need this? Or what if, you know, what if I shouldn't have gotten rid of that thing? There's like, it's, it's so final once it's gone, it's gone. And so you can kind of do that and give yourself that window of like, okay, if I do need it, it's not gone. It's just in storage or it's just in a box in the garage or wherever, but it gives you that time to distance away from it without like having to make that decision right now. Mm -hmm. So um, I also like what you were talking about with um, having to kind of rotate through their toys right now through the buckets. Like you're doing it out of necessity at the moment. Um, But I've also heard that before and it makes makes the toys new again. Like if you haven't seen them for a while and then you bring them out, it's the same thing when you go to get rid of them and they're like, Oh no, that's my favorite toy ever. <laughs> like you haven't touched it in three months. Um, but we have some um, of the like shelves with the like plastic tub drawers in them um, from Ikea. And so I went through and kind of sorted like, okay, these are the blocks. These are the Legos. These are the whatever, you know, the craft stuff. And, um, so we just, we'll go in and like pick a bucket out and bring it out to the living room. And then it's like, Oh, I forgot all about these. I haven't played with them in a while. And I don't know why that didn't like occur to me sooner because I do that in my classroom. Like I don't let my kids (laughs) have the same station bucket day after day. Like they rotate through them or one person from each table gets to pick or that sort of a thing, because oh yeah, we haven't had these in a week or two and, and I missed them and it's, now it's really fun all over again. Like why I hadn't put that thought out in, into my home life prior to, um, you know, a year or two ago when we decided to, to go get these shelves. Um, but yeah, any way that you can take the toys out of like their everyday line of sight and make them feel new again, I think forces them to like get re-excited about them you know like it's it's brand new again but yeah yeah, as far as like amazing organizational techniques I I don't have any (laughs) (laughs) well I was just thinking you know as you said that that like the buckets thing I feel like that's a, a young kid organization best practice like my kids I've tried to do the nuanced this goes here and this goes there and separating everything by like sets of things and stuff like that. And it just doesn't work other than like puzzles or things that you have to kind of keep separate, you know, separate from each other. 
Um, but having just a big box or a big drawer that you just put all the Legos going here or all the blocks going here and then just letting them dump it. And then also when they clean it up, even E at seven, like what she can clean things, she can organize things, she can put things in order. She's very neat like that. But when it's like dinner is about to be on the table, I need y'all to get this stuff cleaned up in three minutes. I just need her to be able to drop things in a bucket too. And so it's been so much easier to just say, this is the bucket for the baby toys. This is the bucket for anything superhero. And this is the bucket for anything transformer. All everybody teamwork, pick up the toys and it's done in like five minutes because it's just a bucket. It's not like saying, okay, this Batman action figure goes with this Batman car, match them up and put them away. You know, it's just they they don't care <clears throat> to do that. And I don't I think they get overwhelmed. I don't think they can. I think that 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 kind of organization is. Yeah, it takes a lot of brain power. That's mentally a big task for a little person. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and putting it in terms that they understand, like, mm-hmm. I know what a transformer is. I know like what yeah. a baby toy is. I can do that kind of sorting. Yeah, it's. It's all an art form, really, the whole parenting thing, <laughs> but specifically with the toys. I think um, also not just organizing them and, you know, figuring out how they're thinking about toys or what they're playing with right now, but even the timing of when they're playing with them um, or doing independent play or things like that is that becomes kind of an art form too. So I have structured the our days around essentially um O's nap schedule but his even at his age he has times where he is much better at independent play or even play with his siblings and then he has times when he you know is tired or needs mommy more so um tomorrow is saturday from when we're recording this <clears throat> so what will our typical day will look like is like we'll get up, we'll all have breakfast. Um, and after he eats in the morning, he's like good to go. And so he'll sit in his little playpen, which I have here specifically because then he can't crawl around and get the baby stuff or the dog food or whatever. And so he'll play, you know, for 20 minutes by himself. And then after that, I'll say, okay, it's, you know, family playtime. And so everybody will play together. And it's just having those toys organized in those buckets, but then also in like time buckets, you know, it's nice to be able to say, okay, this is when we play with things that are baby friendly. And then when O takes his nap, we can pull out the things that are quiet and intricate, or, you know, that's when the tablets come out and the the older kids are allowed to be on their tablets with their headphones because we are in a very small space and O sleeps in the kitchen and he does not have a door. So I need them to be quiet. (laughs) So Sometimes, um, especially with L, his independent play gets loud because he likes crashing things and being a superhero. And so, you know, that's when I'll just kind of use different techniques and different toys at different times. And then that does the same thing through a day that you're doing where you're rotating those toys. I'm just <clears throat> a lot of times rotating them through the day. And so they only get to play with a certain thing. For 20 or 30 minutes right now and yes I realize this is super nuanced for my situation right now but I think that that same concept can apply to like bigger chunks of time 
later when we actually have bedrooms <laughs> and walls as well. Um, but it just, they're it, managing the toys. That is a, it's a learned technique for sure. <laughs> we'll probably master it when they're like, when we're grandparents. <laughs> well, it, it's interesting though, that your situation has like forced you into kind of finding a way to manage them differently. And I think that you will take what you're learning now and apply it even when they have, you know, more space in their own rooms. And like when the, all the toys could come back out, like, I don't necessarily think they will. Like you've seen what life can be like without all the clutter and the chaos that comes along with toys every which way. And, you know, I think that for some kids, like you were talking about, okay, kids understand, like, this is a baby toy bucket. This is a transformer bucket. This is a Batman toy bucket. Like that is very kid friendly in the fact that I know what those things are and I know exactly what the expectation is. And I know exactly where that goes. Like there's no, there's no wondering, there's no like chaos. And so for some kids, like the anxiety that goes along with not knowing where things are, where they go, what they're supposed to do with them. Like, you know, the kids that just take out a bucket and dump it and then play with it for a little bit and then pull out something else and dump it. Mm -hmm. Like after a while, it's just, there's chaos and stuff's everywhere. And then you're so overwhelmed with, well, I don't know where any of this goes because there's so much of it. Like kids in general, some kids more than others, but most kids do well when there is structure and order and clear expectations, even when it comes to playtime, like at, at, even at school, mm -hmm. my kids are doing discovery stations. Like they're, it's very open-ended tasks. They are allowed to be creative and play and socialize, but there are very specific routines and procedures for how we manage those materials, where they go, how we get them out, how we put them away, who gets them, who carries them, how do we carry them? Like all of these things that go into, and obviously at home, you don't have to be that structured, but like at school, like I literally have to teach, we don't carry buckets on our head. We don't mm -hmm. shake the buckets as we walk. We don't carry them by one handle. They fall open and spill, like all these things. And so while that seems like redundant and crazy, after a while, it's kind of a well-oiled machine because this person is the bucket friend. They're in charge of getting the bucket every day. They go get it. They carry it back. They open it up. They put the lid underneath. Like it's all very specific. So when, by the time you get to the play part, they can enjoy the actual play time. And we don't spend time worrying about why the bucket spilled or where did the bucket go or who's going who's gonna to carry the bucket today or why isn't it my turn? Or why do we have to do this station again? Or we did this one yesterday. So I think, again, I know all those things as a teacher, but don't always apply them at home. And so I think anything that can like lessen the chaos, because let's face it, as parents, it's like decision fatigue <laughs> yeah. single day. So <clears throat> anything that we can take off of our plates and, um, you know, not have to like discuss or decide if the kids just know this is how this goes this is wh where we get it this is where it goes when I'm done this is our routine like I think just takes away that like chaos and anxiety for everyone involved yeah I yeah I completely agree and I find that we go through these 
like seasons and they kind of coincide with the year because what will happen is like in the summertime usually we're outside more and so there's not as much playing with the toys and so uh, that's usually an opportunity to go through them and kind of sort things and get rid of things and whatever, you know, in a normal year, obviously us living here has made things different, but then, you know, that happens. And then E has her birthday in August, but because it's a summer birthday, when people think of things to get her, it's typically chalk and bubbles and scooters and like out, outdoor things, which is great. Like I'm all for that. And then, so things are pretty good. Things are, you know, and then it's right before the holidays. So I'm like, okay, one more big purge. Let's get rid of things because we know that that uh, stuff's going to be coming into the house. And then <laughs> the holidays happen and I have zero control over anything that's happening anymore. And so I find myself just like every single year wondering how do you handle the influx of things coming in during those times. And I'm not just talking about Christmas presents. I'm talking like this stuff that comes home from school and the little treat bags that everybody hands out at every single place that we go and the little, and it's all like either candy, which I'd rather have candy than some of the other things. Cause you know, they can eat it and I can use it to bribe them <laughs> things like that later. But then they come home with stuff that I'm just like, you don't even want this little puzzle that you got that's going to break and you're going to lose a piece tomorrow. Can I just throw it in the trash? I don't know. Yeah. You know? And so I just, the, it, the holidays give me like a little anxiety and it doesn't really, it's not the family time and things like that. Like we have really, we're really fortunate to have good relationships with our family. That's not it. It's the, it's the amount of stuff that comes into our house and it takes me like a month to deal with it all. And it's just, yeah, it's anxiety inducing. Well, and I think that we like, we encourage at birthday and holidays and any event really um, for people to contribute to M's 529 savings plan instead of um, toys like every birthday invitation we've sent out over the years has had like his little code <laughs> stapled on top like in lieu of gifts please consider donating and making a contribution um and, and some people do that and and understand like our long-term goal with that uh, other people just really don't like the idea of him not having things to open on christmas and um birthday which i understand like but trust me, he's never gone without. So I think he would be okay. But um, so for those people, I've started to try to give them like very specific items. Like even if it means going on Amazon, finding a specific toy that we really think, like a few years ago, we picked out some, uh, some magnets, like the ones that are like squares and triangles, and you can mm -hmm. build all kinds of 3D stuff with it. And so I like went online, found one and sent a specific link to it, um, to someone and they bought that for M and he still to this day, what, three years later, maybe plays with them. Like we would take them to restaurants when we would go to restaurants. We don't do that now, but when we used to go to restaurants, we would Wait, take you them. You still took your kids to restaurants even before COVID? Cause I didn't, yeah. I just, as soon as we had kids, I was like, nope, we're done. Yeah, Not I don't know. We, we did it. We did it. 
it was usually a traumatic experience for me and I usually left not really enjoying it, but we did it. Um, But, you know, we would, we would take those in a, in a bag or a backpack or what a bucket, whatever with us. And while we were waiting for our food, he would make something and tear it down, make something else and tear it down. And it, it would just sit at the table while we were waiting in a restaurant. And so I think times like that, I was like, okay, I can do this. I can go to restaurants with a kid. <laughs> like, um, but I think if I, again, if I didn't give those specific, like, Hey, I think he would really like this or this would get played with a lot. Um, we would get like the flashy, cute, fun toys that look really neat, but don't necessarily like last very long. Yeah. Um, this past year, you know, everybody always around the holiday starts like, Hey, wh- what does he need? Well, first he needs like a coat, like new snow boots, clothes, like, because I feel like we outgrow clothes every six months. Um, so those kind of things. But when a kid opens their presents, really, those aren't the most exciting things. Um, so I started offering some alternate ideas again, went and found a very specific thing and sent the link. Um, but a kid's cookbook, like he enjoys cooking with me. And that's something that gives him some ownership over what we cook. And they're very kid friendly and very like, uh, lots of photos and easy steps to follow. But that's something that is creative that he can use for years to come. It doesn't take up a whole lot of space. It can create those like shared experiences um, or like a magazine subscription. Like he loves reading about animals and doing mazes and like those sort of activities. And again, a, a little magazine doesn't take up that much space. And really, if there's if it gets to the point where we've got too many, we can just recycle them. Like it's those kinds of things. Um, so trying to find like for those who really want him to have a thing to open and unwrap for the holidays and birthdays, giving very specific ideas of like what uh, what he might enjoy that also will not clutter up our house <laughs> anymore. <laughs> so one of the things that my mother-in-law got E this year is actually one of those subscription craft things. I don't know. She really likes doing crafts. She does not like, she thinks she likes toys, but she doesn't actually like toys because you give her toys and then she doesn't actually play with them. But she does like arts and crafts. And so my mother-in-law got her a subscription where she can do this craft every month but then went one step further, had it delivered to her house. So the craft is not at my house and it's something they can do together. And so that's been, that was a good gift for sure. That's a great idea for sure. It takes one more thing off your plate, but it's still a fun activity for her to do. Um, I've also seen the idea of um, picking like a want, a need, and then something you wear and something you read. So like for the holidays, you know, kids get four gifts and they, they, it's one thing in each category. Um, So like they might need new snow boots, but they might want like a specific toy. And so in that case, like they get one toy that they really want, but they're not getting a whole pile of unnecessary things. Um, And again, I think that teaches them to like prioritize, like what, it's fine. You want a toy. Like you can have a toy, but what's the one toy that you really want or two, you know, put two on your list and see which one you get kind of a thing. But 
like and then it stops the the uh, like my kid who circled everything in the catalogs that came in the mail and it's like uh, I would like everything on every page please my great grandma who is 97 and we we're super blessed to still have her around told him just to write his name on the front of the book and send that to Santa Claus <laughs> the whole the whole right. book just sign the front and send it like, yeah, yeah pretty much it's he did that with a bunch of uh, like Target catalogs. You know, they send the toy things. and Yeah, she's there with, like six things on each page. You're just like, um, do you even know what that is? No, but look how cool it is. <laughs> We've also started trying to um, encourage people and, and do it ourselves to do more experiences rather than toys and specific like tangible items. Um, so we have a really nice zoo here where we live. And so we have a zoo membership. Um, my husband got a uh, state parks pass for his birthday, um, which you guys That's always have. That's what I put on my list every year. Yeah. It's my favorite gift to ask for. Yeah. So things like that, that like um, not this past Christmas, but the one before we got him tickets to go see Daniel Tiger live. Um, for like his big gift and of course he was four at the time so he didn't really understand he was like you gave me a piece of paper with Daniel Tiger on it I don't know (laughs) but and then unfortunately because of COVID it got postponed and then eventually canceled and so it didn't quite pan out but um, yeah I think just feeling like our our money is going somewhere more (laughs) productive and useful than just a toy that's going to end up getting donated or thrown away when it breaks later on well and that's I'm 100% on board for like experiences and stuff but I also think it's important for the people who do who in your life you just can't get them away from needing the gift itself um I think it the idea of sending very specific links like I know I do that for myself because then when people ask me for what I want for Christmas, I actually keep a note in my phone all year long. And if there's something that comes up that I'm like, Ooh, that'd be really cool. Like, like something for my camera or something for backpacking or a pair of slippers, whatever it is, it's something I don't need right now. Then I'll put it on that list with a link. Um, and that way when Christmas rolls around and, you know, so-and-so got me in the family drawing. And so we spend like like a hundred bucks a person, but it's, you only buy it for one person for the, out of the entire family. And so it's nice to be able to just be like, Oh, this is exactly, this is what I would like. Thank you very much. You know? Mm-hmm. And it, I know it's something that I want. They know it's something that I want. And we all kind of have started doing that, but I keep my list all year long. Cause then it's just easier. And I don't have to like sit and try to think of, cause that's when you find yourself on those lists of like best Christmas presents for 2021, <laughs> buying things that you don't need. Yeah. And then same with the kids. Like, we got, um, this year we did, so and I got the kids bicycles. That was their big gift, you know? Um, but we got them like games and, um, a book where you can like illustrate a story. You can write on one page and then there's a blank page on the opposite side. So, you know, things like that, that they can, that we do as a family. Um, my husband plays cards with them a lot when I'm working when he's home and so like Uno is the new thing the hot new thing this year for them and so they've been playing that and like crazy eights and stuff like that so 
those kind of gifts. Um, and then I know that we're both into very into the anything that can be used outdoors gifts. <laughs> so the sleds, the chalks, the things that they, I mean, they are outside all summer long. I mean, you could buy my kids sunscreen for Christmas and I would consider it a great gift. So, <laughs> so that kind of stuff is always, if they, if they need a physical gift to unwrap, um, that's where we try to kind of steer people. Hopefully yeah. they ask, otherwise they just kind of show up with stuff that you're like, Oh, you want to, okay, let's, this is going to your house then, right? <laughs> and then I feel so terrible because I'm like, I promise it's not that I'm unappreciative. It's, it's like no, the fact that no. I know my kid's going to play with this for less than five minutes and then it's going to never get touched again. And I feel bad that you've yeah. wasted your money. Um, we've over the last course of the last year or so gotten more into like dress up and costumes. Um, oh, that's huge for our kids too. Yeah, and we actually have um, had some people hit the after Halloween sales and get like discounted costumes and then hang on to those as gifts and like buy them, you know, three sizes too big or whatever. Um, but it's dress up, so who cares? And then they he can wear it for a while. And um, that's been another one where like, well, now where do we store all these costumes? <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, you know, your kids come over and then they all get to pick a costume and they're all running around the backyard in superhero outfits or whatever and it's fun for them and it's fun for us to watch and yeah um, and if they get dirty you just throw them in the washing machine yeah. that's the other nice thing is yeah they're not I mean their costumes are not super super high quality clothing but it's high yeah. quality enough it's going to last until they outgrow them well and if you got them you know 50% off or 75% off after Halloween yeah they weren't that feel expensive so, bad. so you don't feel too bad but I think basically anything that allows for, for creativity, even stuff like, I mean, the kind of stuff that I use at school with kids that I like throw out there into a, a station sometimes like, Oh, it's art station. Like um, any, any sort of craft stuff, construction paper, stickers, paint. M just loves to paint anything. Doesn't care if it's a cardboard box, a piece of paper, a piece of wood, like anything um toilet paper rolls and like paper towel oh, yeah. rolls you can do all kinds mm -hmm. of stuff with those and loves scrap wood like he'll just like daddy can I have a hammer and some nails and he'll just like nail some two or three pieces of wood together out in the front yard when the weather's nice enough so yeah anything like that popsicle sticks beads pipe cleaners like not only are those things like fun and open-ended and creative but they don't take up a whole lot of space and um they can make a million different things with them and they're great for fine motor skills too as a, a teacher watching the little fingers try to develop like you know sliding beads onto pipe cleaners here's a bracelet for you mommy like mm -hmm. any of that kind of stuff where they're they're doing it their way and like they'll spend forever playing with those kind of things like I would much rather have somebody buy M, you know like a bucket of beads and popsicle sticks and that kind of stuff and yeah. then you know some big plastic flashy toy that's just gonna sit there and be in the way and get donated eventually yeah I'm definitely pro art supplies um you just got her first set of oil pastels and she's obsessed so 
it's great because I told a couple people that she was wanting to do them. And so she, you know, they, they press too hard and they wear down pretty quick. Like oil pastels don't last like crayons and stuff do, but it's okay because she got a couple sets for Christmas. And so we can, I don't have to feel bad and I don't have to, like, she, she doesn't have to feel like she has to save them. You know, she can go through them. And that is something, art supplies are something I don't mind if the kids run through them and we buy more. Like, that's okay with me. Um, but I also, as I'm sure you can probably tell, am very pro just spending time outdoors with less toys in the first place or like with more things that aren't technically toys, but that my kids make into toys. Um, so things like, using like rocks and sticks and stuff or having those supplemental things like chalk or even things like fishing poles and tents and stuff our kids got a tent for Christmas last year like an actual adult tent kind of I mean it's small like it's a two-person tent but they just thought that was the greatest thing and we had it set up in the living room during the winter time and then we take it camping when we go camping now and um as they get older, they'll actually sleep in it. They, we tried, we tried to let them sleep in it. It didn't work. <laughs> they still end up in our big tent with us, but they will eventually sleep in it. Um, but it just, I mean, it, it's like when we took the boys, so Kayla and I and our husbands took just the boys on a camping trip this summer. And um, there was, <laughs> they had like what, two Hot Wheel cars each and they yeah. had their headlamps. So that was all they took, two Hot Wheel cars, their headlamps, and flashlights because they needed extra lights because, you know, they're boys or whatever, and um, a pile of dirt. And they played on that pile of dirt. It was like all so weekend. Gross. The whole weekend, they were filthy. There was dirt in places. I didn't know you could get dirt. <laughs> yeah, in noses and ears, like oh, every it was little so... crack and crevice. It was like, glorious. Caked on. Like, yeah. They, they dug in it and they rolled in it and they drove their cars up and down it. And like, they were so dirty, but they loved every minute of it. I have a picture of Elle at one point, just laying on top of it, <laughs> like looking up at the trees. I don't know what he was doing, but I snapped a picture because it was just, he's just laying there, like laying on top of this mound of dirt. They played with all weekend, looking up at the sky, just dirt streaked face. It was great. Mm-hmm. But that's, I mean, that's the epitome, of course, of what you're talking about with the pretend play and the things like that. It's just sending them outside. And I know the weather's kind of crappy for that now, but that's that's my favorite kind of, like, if you're going to buy my kids something and I have a choice in the matter, I hope it's something that encourages them to either create something or go outside. Well, and even in, in the, like, freezing cold and the snow right now, like we made um, the snow volcano the other day. Yeah. And um, like we've still gotten out and even like shoveling the driveway. Like Em's super excited to get out his little mini shovel and help shovel the driveway. Like, so there are so many experiences and things that they enjoy that they think are super fun and cool that have nothing to do with store-bought toys. Mm-hmm. So... I think it's probably fine if the kids don't have all the toys. 